0: Hey, hello, and welcome to, what is this? This is Show & Tell. Uh, In fact, this is our second Show & Tell this week. Uh, I'm John Park, and uh, we have now got the Wednesday evening Show & Tell, an hour long. uh, And uh, we have just started this half hour long Show & Tell on Thursdays after my uh, workshop live stream show. Uh, And we have uh, up to about a half hour to show show any cool projects uh, that you've got in the works that you've built, that you wanted to show off, that you wanted to uh, maybe explore some ideas around something, some parts, uh, tools, things that you're interested in getting feedback on, all of that is welcome here. Uh, We have, let me see, we've got one person queued up right now, we're gonna, uh, we've got a blog post out, so hopefully some other people will come on, otherwise I'm gonna make our good friend uh, Todd Bot Talk uh for about the remainder of these 27 minutes about what he's got to show and tell. So if you want to cut Todd off, you might have to bring something on. Uh all right, so let's bring Todd in the hey Todd, how are you?
1: I don't know if I have 27 minutes of material. (laughs) (laughs) So um what have you got for us here today? All right, so this state-of-the-art 15-pound laptop is an Atari Stacy. You can see that there. Um, so when you open it up, oh, it's got two latches. Let's see if I can open it up and look at this awesome trackball. Because trackballs were cool in the '80s, and um, I'm not quite sure. It's got this button up here. I'm not quite sure. Maybe this is just a shock absorber for the trackball. But um, this is an Atari ST in a portable package. And um, I don't know if you ever ever heard of Atari's teeth before, but they were kind of the computer to get if you were doing MIDI. And so one of the cool things about this is, okay, so here's the floppy drive and the joystick ports, because it's an Atari, so of course it has games. Um, on the other side, not much. Um, but on the back, hardware MIDI ports. <laughs> and um, this was supported like deep deep in the firmware of the of the computer. So everything could talk, talk MIDI. And in fact, some of the early networking games were done with MIDI jacks. And you just ran a MIDI cable between you and your friend's computer. And you could play networked games sort of like the way they do now. Oh man, these latches. So this has been sitting in my lab for about 15 years untouched. John Park made a comment about I should do something with an Atari ST. And I'm like, well, you know, I happen to have an Atari ST. <laughs>
0: yeah, I saw one uh, come up and uh, and I said, oh, man, you got to get one of these and and uh, and revive it. I did not expect <laughs> you to say, well, I happen to have
1: one sitting right oh, here. Yeah, so so I, I first learned MIDI sequencing on a normal Atari ST. And um, I don't know, about 20 years ago, I'm like, oh, it'd be really cool to like re-get that program because it was a program that no one has really created like since and try to recreate it by having an actual working version to, to kind of crib from. But um, I don't know. Now I'm f- afraid to, to turn it on because I'm sure the capacitors are all super dead and it might just like explode if I were to plug it into power. Oh, no. But it sort of looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: does look awesome. Now is that, um, what kind of screen was that? Was that monochrome or was it a color
1: uh, this, this i believe is a monochrome screen yeah um it's uh it's got a whole 20 meg hard drive which oh a hard drive um but yeah it's like a 640 by 480 screen it's got i think something like it's an eight megahertz uh 000 processor and like i think maybe four megs of ram um but you know it's got hardware parallel ports rs232 midi ports
0: <laughs> it's so bad
1: it's so bad now it's, it's basically you know, I could put a Raspberry Pi in this and get like, you know, 100 times the compute power. <laughs> <laughs> and none of the cool. Yeah, and probably like 14 pounds lighter.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny where, you know, where I first saw uh mention of this today was on a, uh, a Discord for uh, Cyberdeck, people who are building Cyberdecks. And uh, then just now over in our Discord, Mr. Certainly said... Uh, Ooh, this would make a great cyberdeck. So there's definitely, if you're not familiar with cyberdecks, people check them out. It's a, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole thing of people making these sort of clunky DIY laptopy William Gibson-esque uh, computers. Yeah, I'm sure they're much lighter. I mean, this,
1: this thing is a behemoth. It is just after after so many years of getting used to modern laptops that weigh like on the order of three or four pounds, this thing is just incredible.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the music department uh, in college had some Atari STs and some uh, Next computers. Those were sort of the the electronic music computers of the day. And I had no, I'd never heard of there being this portable version. Was it was it targeted at performers?
1: No, I think it was targeted at like. Um, business people, or something. I, I know the, the, the Atari was a very weird beast. Like, one of the reasons why I liked it when it first came out, when I was in like whatever junior high or high school, was that the OS was in ROM. And so when you turned it on, it booted up immediately. Whereas the comparable computers at the time, like the Macs and the Amigas, you'd have to boot off the floppy or whatever. And right. it took like several, several seconds. And so this was just like plant, turn it on, and, and you're going. Kind of like the way the old Apple IIs when you turn them on and they would immediately have a little basic prompt. But this had a full GUI environment that was like in ROM, and that was amazing. Of course, you could never update it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the operating system was what on these? Was it just called RST operating
1: It was called, yeah, TOS. I forget what it's what that stood for, but it was it was based on a windowing environment called Gem G-E-M G-E-M, whatever that was. Yeah, it's one of these one of these things like like forks off into the computer architecture world that has just kind of withered off oh, that's <laughs> I love to turn it on, but not, not I got to go in there and like fix it up first I think
0: <laughs> uh Christopher Henschel so says it smokes the world is watching <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know I feel feel a little bit of a uh you know I should care for it a little bit <laughs> rather than just like, <laughs> sacrifice it to the to the video gods
0: <laughs> well externally it looks like it's in beautiful shape so um I kind of dare you to get in there and, and start poking around the capacitors yeah. and see what the state yeah. of that is.
1: Yeah, and for some reason the previous owner uh, put Velcro on the entire bottom of it, which makes me think that this was used by a performer because this would go perfect on one of those keyboard A stands that you saw so so much in the in the 80s, where like there'd be like a whole bunch of computers lined up on a on a big A A, a frame. But um, yeah,
0: for sure that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, it meant getting it out of its little little uh, case was. Uh, was was a challenge because the case was all fuzzy velvet on the inside.
0: (laughs) It'll never slide out. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of hope once you get it up and running, you'll bring it to, um, a post quarantine cafe and do some hipster MIDI sequencing.
1: Yeah. Like, Oh, you think you're hip there with your manual typewriter? Check this out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fantastic.
0: Thank you so much uh, for bringing that on Todd. Uh, I, I love the look of that thing, and I am really going to encourage everyone to ask Todd to spend the energy on on resurrecting this thing, because we all want to see it in
1: action. Well, you know, not many computers have a brightness knob on their front panel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's brightness, contrast, and volume, yeah.
0: That's good if you're going to use it in bed, too. <laughs> Excellent. All right, thanks, Todd. We'll thanks, uh, talk man. to you next time. Bye. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Mark. I'm going to bring you on here. Hey, Mark, how are you? Hi. I'm doing pretty good. Yourself?
2: Oh, very good. Thank you.
0: What have you got for us today?
2: uh, It's the project I've been working on a long time that actually I started with a lot of the parts at Christmas that I got from Adafruit. And you guys led me to Fritzing, which led me to design my first PCB which I just got a little while ago, which uh, was challenging. But like actually receiving this in the mail and seeing something that I designed on a circuit board was pretty unreal.
0: Congrats. That's Um, fantastic. That's really exciting.
2: And then what it's being used for is I had a feather and an old BME280 sensor for weather. And I wanted to make my own portable weather station, which I have uh, since managed to do. It's not in a very good case. It's a case for holding uh, margarine for cooking. Uh, I managed to use the Adafruit components on this circuit board hooked up to actually was a SparkFun solar charger and a light pole battery. And then it's all sending the data to uh, Adafruit IO. So anytime I want, I can now see how warm it is on my deck. Um, Warmer when
0: it's in the sun and not. Oh, that's excellent. So, how that? is it sending? Is it, uh, how are you getting over to the Wi Fi or Ethernet side of things with that?
2: It was a uh, M0 um, Feather with um, the Win C 1500.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, Very it cool. just
2: Wi Fi to my router. Uh-huh. Uh, it works great to Adafruit IO. Uh, that saved me all sorts of time. At first, when I was doing this project, I thought, okay, now I've got the client, now I have to code a server. And just being <laughs> able to to take the code and hook it up made things so much easier.
0: Yes, yeah, that's much easier than like MQTT and solving your own uh, routing yeah, that data.
2: Yeah, that was not something I was looking forward to. Uh, I did run into some firmware problems with the uh, WinC for a while, which led me down the rabbit hole of drivers and realizing eventually you do find I.O. calls and assembly and drivers, which was a interesting learning experience. Um, but That's it's great. been sitting outside for weeks now running perfectly.
0: That's fantastic. So did you kind of weatherproof most of it inside of that uh, container or do you take it out in if it's raining?
2: Uh, it's somewhat weatherproof. It still has been snowing here on and off, so. until it warmed up and then I realized that the snow was melting into it, that became an issue. Uh Then the the next step is to actually get it into, I just got a 3D printer. So one of my first projects with that's going to be figuring out how to print a actual case. And I've actually got the wind gauge and direction gauge and rain gauge to hook up still.
0: Great, that sounds like a fun project. Uh, And congratulations on building uh, and having your circuit board made that's very exciting very cool to get that physical thing in the mail
2: yeah it's it's kind of crazy to see it's like wait this is a circuit board that i designed and
0: yeah you feel uh, so much like wow i really intimately know where every trace of this like normally you kind of don't pay attention to that but when you are holding the one in your hand that you were all up close in on yeah
2: yeah it's all five traces or so but uh but still it yeah the this is the blank one I'm not using. I'm going to keep around for a long time, I'm sure. Oh,
0: that's exciting. Very <laughs> cool. Great. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming by. We appreciate yeah. it. It was uh, good to see you and, and uh, very cool to hear about your project, your weather project. Right. Uh, Thanks for having me. Have, we'll, we'll see you around next time. All right. Uh, and now we've got our very own Brent Rubel. Hey, Brent. How's Hi, it going John. over there? I was work
3: working and then you pinged everybody. I'm like, oh, um, I'm working on something, but it's not completed, but we'll show it off because I think it's cool.
0: That's great. Um, Yeah. We love a sneak peek.
3: Yeah. Show my desktop because it's super cluttered. You can see this, right? I'll move you to the, I'll move you away. You can see everything, right? Yes. Cool. So I'll expand my, I finally got my overhead camera set up again. So over here, um, I've been writing a little module for the, uh, the Fona module. So like this is a Fona breakout, it's a SIM 808 and has a little GPS on it and it has a cellular SIM card on the back and it's connected to a Metro M4. And I think it's like one of the last uh, transports we were talking about transports with the previous uh, show and teller. So instead of using Wi-Fi, you can use cellular um, with CircuitPython It's like one of the last ones, Uh, we'll show something more endearing. It's it's a cool like dog, uh, nautical dog type that I got the other week. Um, I don't have a dog, but if I did, Mm -hmm. he'd be nautical dog. Okay, (laughs) so um, I'm still working on it, but it's, we'll decrease the amount of lines of code. It's interesting to see like, so first we had the module which controls like all of the calls and it says like it writes over the UART and parses the replies back from the UART. It all communicates over uh, a software, a hardware UART interface. And then with CircuitPython Python, we abstract it even further. So on the right here, like still not complete, still working on it. We have a socket API that's identical, like one to one with the official Python socket interface. So we have this for each circuit um transport. So we have a socket now for cellular, we had a socket for ethernet and we have a socket for Wi-Fi. And then um, we go one step above that eventually, like maybe next week I'll have a full demo to show off where we have um, like less lines. So it's like going down from like 100 lines to 50 lines and maybe it'll be like 20 lines next week and more usable than its current state. So that's what I've been working on.
0: Very cool. Uh, so, so this is a 3G uh, cellular connection is what that uses now?
3: Yeah, so it needs a modem with both 3G and GPS to do uh, GPRS, GRPS? Yeah, GPRS, which is like the global packet radio system. Somebody okay. will definitely correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but so that's only the phone 808. Like, so if you want to test this, which will probably be tomorrow, I'll release like an alpha. Um, it will only be for this phone at 808, and eventually we'll support the phone 3G, and eventually we'll support more cellular devices. But like, this is the start.
0: Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for letting me interrupt your work on this to have you show it.
3: <laughs> no problem. Uh, thanks we for letting me show that. something that's not completed.
0: Sure thing, and uh, also, uh, we appreciate seeing your nautical dog, Coaster. All (laughs) right, well, we'll see you next time. Thanks, bye-bye. All right, Uh, that's all we've got for today. Thank you, uh, everyone who stopped by, Uh, and we'll see you on the next Show & Tell, which is next Wednesday, Uh, and then we'll have the, which is the hour Show & Tell, and then we'll have this half hour Show & Tell on, Thursday. So uh, thank you again so much and we'll see you next time.